This podcast is brought to you by Rental House Productions. For the price you would typically pay to rent high-quality equipment, they'll provide an experienced team of professionals fully prepared to produce any visual media project to your specifications. They want to work in close correspondence with you to ensure that they deliver the desired vision for your video and successfully promote your message. Ready to take your outreach to the next level? Book a free consultation today at rentalhouseproductions.com. Check out the guests. We're about to bring in. We're good friends. We're connected on LinkedIn. No overthinking, just over drinking. No overthinking, just over drinking. Beers and beers, drink away your fears. Let's chit chat for 42 years. Let's hope things don't get too weird. Now it's time for beers and beers and beers. Today we'll be drinking Miller High Life. Again, while some may write this off as a poor man's pilsner, from the right angle, with the proper lighting, the golden suds of this classic delight the eyes of its beholder. Just like our next guest, who knows a thing or two about the importance of perspective. He's a cinematographer with eyes like an endangered red-tailed hawk. He's our friend, our colleague, Mr. Jake Rawson. Sure. 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 Jake. What's up, Jake? Jake, thanks for making the trip out. Yeah, I know it from must, across the it must have been a, a long commute for you. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell us where you're coming from today? About 30 feet away from here. What? Um, no way. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Since I'm when? Uh, Since oh, about that's right. May of this year. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. We live with Jake. Oh, I forgot. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Glad to be here. Glad to. <laughs> live here <laughs> yeah. yeah yes for now for mm-hmm. now for now depending on how this peers and beers goes uh you might be out yeah. okay so the I've, stakes are high i've been voted off the island many times before nice have you really yeah not like actual islands but, but metaphorical islands yeah yeah you have enemies from your past jake is, is that what you're trying to tell me i moved away from portland for a reason oh, okay <laughs> So so <laughs> let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, wait a second. So, so you're are, you, you're a Broncos fan, but yeah. you're from Portland. Yeah, and Washington. Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, give us so the backstory. What's, yeah, what's the dealio here? Okay, so so I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, which is a suburb of Portland, Oregon. Um, in which, a different state. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I never I thought went, of that. It's, I went to like high school and. Um, middle school in Portland. Hmm. It was just like a twenty-minute drive. Yeah, but I mean that's not. Was it so a bad. Yeah. was it a private school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. But I I say Portland because if I say Vancouver, people think I'm Canadian. And yeah. Fair, yeah. So <laughs> so Vancouver, Washington, which is quite close to Vancouver, Canada. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like relative <laughs> this, to other states and this cities. This geography mm-hmm. is boggling my mind right now. So. You got Portland, mm-hmm. Portland, yeah. Oregon, and Vancouver. then Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, which is twenty minutes away from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's the Columbia River in between the two, and it's like a ten minute drive over that, like five minutes from my house. Hmm. Okay. To reach the bridge to go across. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very so, nice. So, so we spent. Most of your time in Vancouver, Washington? Like, that's like where you, like, lived most of your life? Yeah, that's or where my house has been except for, like, two or three years. Okay. Um, I lived in Montana for a little bit. 
and I lived in Portland proper, huh. but like, oh nice, that was at least like sixteen years ago now. Okay, okay, yeah. So and so, where does that? Where does Denver come into the mix? Yeah, why? What you're a big Broncos yeah. fan? <laughs> big Broncos we guy. See you with the Broncos shorts with the Broncos top. That's a Broncos fit. That's a right look. There. Yeah, that's, that's a, look. a fit. Yeah. That's a brout fit. <laughs> I have like a like a flag on my wall, a picture of. Uh, Von Miller sacking Tom Brady. Oh, Sorry, nice. Paul. Oh, um, that's okay. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss I mean, him. You, you Kiss guys are the rings. <laughs> but uh, I was born in Denver. Yeah. My family only lived there for like a year or two. And then we moved to Montana where my family hated it. Hmm. Um, it was like a town of less than 10,000 people. Oh, wow. And like my family just immediately felt like outsiders. Yeah, yeah. And that never really went away through the time they lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, were, they, were they doing something to yeah, make like what, them outsiders? Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> what, 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 what's oh. wrong? No, it was just like it was a like not even a town that size. Like a hills hills have eyes yeah. type of vibes. That's on my watch list. So <laughs> well, we'll get back what? To um, you. <laughs> Well, so, so did what brought you to Montana then from, was it just like a work thing, like from Denver to Montana? Yeah, so my dad was a children's pastor. Okay. And, like, a really small church in mm. that town was hiring. Mm. And as a children's pastor, you don't really have a lot of control over where you move. It's sure. kind of like you have to go wherever there's a job. Mm. And, like, if it's a town of 10,000 people, there's not going to be somebody who's, like... right. Competing or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. I've I've heard of youth pastors, but children's pastors, is there a distinction? Um, it's younger. Okay. <laughs> youth pastors is like sixth through twelfth grade, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Children pastors. After which well, you are an adult. Well yeah, while they're <laughs> while they're still young, well while their minds are still malleable. That's mm. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, your dad well, was on to something. Before they start doing the drugs. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Listening to A C D C. So yeah. So speaking of doing the drugs, uh what got you into film? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Not that. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. So yeah, so so how how old were you when you got like your first, uh, I don't know, uh, film bug? I said that last. You said episode. that last episode. I, I gotta use different terminology. Mm. Film illness. illness. <laughs> yeah. It really is it. Yeah. Um, I think I was like six or seven mm. watching a Star Wars movie. At which point and you were in Washington. I would have been in Oregon, Oregon. at this point. Okay. I remember, like, my family lived in an apartment complex mm. for whatever grad school my parents were going to. Okay. Um, and I just remember, like, episode one had come out, which is a terrible reputation, <laughs> but as a kid, you love everything about it. Of course. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> that, that fight betwixt Darth Maul, yeah. Obi-Wan, <laughs> Qui-Gon, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. But I was, like, super into dinosaurs as a kid. And I remember, sure. like talking to like a early 20s college student who lived next door to us and being like I feel torn between dinosaurs and Star Wars. Yeah, there's only two <laughs> choices like, in this world. Yeah. It's like, yes. dinosaurs or Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. He was like, "Well, you are 6." <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh I remember like he got my parents to load up episode 4 and 
fast forward to a scene on Tatooine where you can see like the skeleton of a crate dragon, and he Ooh. was like, "Dinosaurs are in Star Wars too. <laughs> Best of <laughs> both worlds. <laughs> you don't have and to choose in this life. Yeah. yeah, you can have it all. You can <laughs> have it all. Wow. But I just asked my parents like." Like, how can I make one of these? Oh, nice. <laughs> and right. they, were, they like, were like, no, <laughs> you're going to become a child's pastor. <laughs> no, but my dad, I don't think my dad wanted me to follow his footsteps like that. Okay. By the like, children for the children. You know, <laughs> being part of the church, you don't really get a whole lot of the money <laughs> yeah. mm. to support a family. Mm. Um, sure. But like. You don't in film either, so right. I don't yeah, know why true. I was encouraged to do this. That's good. But That's good. Well, so there was like a bit of so you, encouragement. That was that was like a a present thing. So like, I, I, was was that at a point where you like became like committed in a way, or was it more like at that point like because I know when you're a kid, it's like you know, obviously you mm. don't know so much that would go into it, but like yeah. you know, you saw these things and you know they they hit some sort of chord within you, and you're like, all right, like you know i'd like to be able to make this because i can yeah presumably like if i want to make a movie with dinosaurs and <laughs> star wars i can mm-hmm. like that's a thing i can do so like was that was it committal at that point have you been like from that point forward or did you waver at all in your like uh career um <laughs> like as a six interest <laughs> yeah well i mean between like you between know six and let's say 18 yeah was, yeah. was there uh was it always like, yes, I want to go, I want to be, I want to be involved with film. So, um, I want to say like before turning six, when I couldn't even pronounce the word paleontologist, hmm. that was what I wanted to do. Okay. Interesting. And then once my parents explained like what a director was for a movie, yeah. which like upon getting to film school, I learned that it's not at all <laughs> what a director does. Um, but they explained that to me, and I was like, I want to direct a Star Wars movie. They gave you the Sparknotes version. <laughs> yeah, like the like the Sparknotes, same title, wrong book version. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah like they, they really described more of a producer's role. Mm. Um, like a writer-producer, I guess. Mm. But uh, that's what I wanted to do up until I was like 13, and then I was kind of like, I don't know what I want to do. I just right. want to play maybe. Halo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> play Halo. Maybe yeah. one day talk to a girl. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, mm. That's funny. Uh, Taste beer. Sixth through ninth grade was pretty terrible. Nice, <laughs> nice. As it, as it goes, I yeah. mean, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, par for the course. I feel were like. You, so yeah. were you? You were going to private school, sixth through ninth grade. Um, actually, like kindergarten on oh wow i think oh, i was wow. in private nice. school which was also a big part of why my family never had money is hmm. like they didn't well, it was so, not yeah. a financially viable decision to send me to private school mm. yeah so <laughs> so your your dad was a children's pastor did your mm. mom work yeah um my mom she she's a nurse um i'm not 100 percent sure what her actual title is she makes is it Nurse Jackie? Uh, no. <laughs> That's her title. <laughs> but she makes a hell of a lot more than a children's pastor does. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, nursing is a highly respectable gig, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And, like, she she did, 
specifically nursing for a while, and then she moved into like public health and sure. HR. Okay. She was more like administrative. At a towards the point. like towards the last few years, yeah. Mm. Okay. But of her life. <laughs> of her career. <laughs> okay, good. Which good, is good. still going on, but nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That Let's pray I'm making money consistently and she can retire. Nice. Yeah, yeah, for that, real. That would have been Retweet. a morbid turn to the conversation. I don't know why I <laughs> tried to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but I'm glad your mom's with us. That's great. <laughs> so yeah. am I. So yeah, that's good. Good. she's she raised a yeah. good lad. Good she's lad. A, yeah. She's an angel and gets like working that hard as a girl, especially like I want to say like more so in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go through hell. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, entitled men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. to this day, I'm sure. To this, yeah. Day. To this yeah, day, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, but I, exactly. No, you, yeah. That's that's a great point to raise. Like she, yeah. <laughs> she went through being a working woman in the golden age of douchebaggers yeah, yeah, yeah. in the working world. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, props props to Mrs. Rawson. Yeah. That's a, little, a little hand for Mrs. Rawson. There we go. Repping all the hardworking moms out there. There we go. Which is every mom, you know. Which is yeah. every... Well, well, the good ones. There's, <laughs> there are uh, crackhead moms. Well, that's what I'm saying, the good ones, the good ones. Yes. Well, yeah. could there be a good crackhead mom? There's a hypothetical for you. I I'm mean, sure, in like, theory. In heart. <laughs> in heart. And in practice, could there be... A, a they could be good at being a crackhead mom. <laughs> <laughs> good for a crackhead mom or a crackhead mom who's just exceptional. Let's shout out the crackhead yeah. dads, too. We don't want to leave yeah, anybody yeah. out. Sure, sure. We don't want to leave anybody out. It's uh, it's 2019. Let's... True equality. All parents <laughs> can be crackheads. It's true. So, uh, so in the in the private schools, was there, like, a good... I would imagine there would be, like, a, a solid, like, arts programs and stuff like that, or... <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> we got a chuckle. Folks. Were they we were they chuckle. Christian schools too? They were Christian schools, ah. um, and like, like I never even thought about film until my first week of college. Huh? Oh wow. Um, oh, so like well, from I mean, that point like, when you started to waver, then it was like, I really don't know. Yeah, for like was, a good five years. I was like, I don't have the slightest idea how to get into this. Mm. Yeah, as a. 12-year-old playing Halo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those are not uh, <laughs> theoretical concepts you really need to tackle. Yeah. You just need to, yeah. you know, mind slayer people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However they do it in Halo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sticky grenades. Yeah. But mm. <laughs> it's a plasma it? grenade, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Kill I mean, in <laughs> Got many of them. Yeah. Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Not um, the band. What a question. What is your favorite Halo? Oh, Reach. Reach? Definitely Reach. Be- like, over three? Over three? Three was the first I played. Mm. But, like, honestly, the memory of three is tainted for me just because, like, that was the first I played. But I started, like, like two-thirds into its life cycle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, fair. And, like, up until that point, my parents didn't let me play Halo games. Yeah, yeah. Well, and understandable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Halo's not as bad as most other similar games, but, like, yeah. 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 But I just have, like, almost as many bad memories of 3 and not being allowed to play it as I do, like, good memories of it. Mm. Reach was, like, the first one I owned. And yeah, just go all out with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's I good. Was, 
I was real good at Halo Reach. <laughs> good, but good. It's it's on his resume to this day. I loved Reach. I wish I could put that on. Re- I'm real good at video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you need anyone, Power Slayer. Oh, at yeah. least two perfections. Nice, <laughs> nice, very nice. So like, there's a lot of like ties between like, especially a game like Halo, where like yeah, the story is so important, ner- very narrative mm-hmm. based. Yeah, and like between like something like that and like something more like Star Wars esque, like. Did those things, do you think, kind of, like, feed into your, like, desire to tell stories or, like, those kinds of stories, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, like the the story of Halo Reach is also the best of yeah, those that's, games. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And, like, it stands alone compared to the other ones. Right. And um, I think storytelling-wise... Uh, Star Wars influenced me a lot more, mm-hmm. but like there were a lot of great moments in Halo that I was like, I would love to do this. Mm. Um, like I would love to write for a video game mm. more yeah. than I would for a movie. Mm. Um, also, a part of that is just like, I like writing the outline of a story more than I like sitting down and hammering right. out ninety pages of a script. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, it, it is a lot more. Uh, Bones oriented when you're, uh, you know, crafting the narrative for a video game. It's like yeah. you just like, <laughs> it's like the major scenes like here and there. There's like mm-hmm. dialogue pieces, and then the, for the rest of action. it, it's just action. Yeah, a yeah. whole bunch of it. I yeah. mean, you just hopefully like, mostly action. <laughs> you know, I don't it. know how it works specifically with a video game, but I imagine you like you script out cutscenes, and then you just give like the outline of how to get from cutscene to cutscene. Yeah. And give dialogue that's important to be in there. Yeah. Battle through and this canyon. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you just, like, run around. Right. I you want know. the main character to say, can you give me one of those tanks now? Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. We're out of ammo. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, I mean, aside from that, I think that video games, you can have a really good story for them because it's, like, the player's... Mm. more involved than they are with like a movie right yeah um like it's like pseudo control it's like yeah. you're, you <laughs> determine how this plays out but it's like if you do it right then it's gonna yeah. go this way you know? right. yeah right mm-hmm. yeah interesting um, what, did, what did you think of do you watch black mirror at all did you watch bandersnatch i did um how did you I, like that as like as a you know a fairly avid is it fair to call you an avid gamer you like to game yeah so like <laughs> It's weird that I want to write for video games just because I'm not, like, like, I don't, video games annoy me more often Mm. than I enjoy them. Interesting. Um, But I think that's more, like, how it's started to focus on just multiplayer more and more. Hmm. Okay. Um, I did watch Bandersnatch. I'm not the biggest fan of Black Mirror Mm. or... A fan, period. Uh Uh-oh. But (laughs) I I enjoy Bandersnatch and, like... Yeah. About half the episodes I've seen. Um, something about Black Mirror, just, like, the writing feels so pretentious. Hmm. Um, but also... It's because it's British. <laughs> yeah, you know? pretentious <laughs> Brits. You, you slap a British accent on anyone, they sound A little bit pretentious. more pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just makes me want to dump a bunch of tea into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is, we got a represent American in our midst. Mm. 
but Bandersnatch was probably the most I've enjoyed any Black Mirror thing. Hmm. That was also like my friends and I, the day it was released, we like all got together and would vote on the decisions. Mm. So it was like, <laughs> well, that's fun. That's fun. It's yeah. like, it's which like one communal. do we get? You know, it's yeah. a more communal experience. That's we were also great. just like fighting over how we wanted the story to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's pretty wild. The, um, different twists and turns can go mm-hmm. on like a lot a, of smashing plates on people <laughs> yeah yeah or the uh not to spoil it for everyone but like when uh uh what's his face takes the uh tablet of acid and tries to fly out the Ju- window yeah yeah that Wasn't was wild. colin was that his name colin i think I the, just know the him kid as that worked for the company, that like British the annoying book. character from Sid Chronicles from Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> no, he's cool though. I like that. I like he that. He is guy. a good actor. Yeah. What else has he been in? He's he's uh, he was in uh, the Revenant. He was in um, uh, We're the Millers. Yeah, we are the yeah. Millers. Is he British or is he? I think he's British. Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh wow. He, no, I'm almost. Yeah, he's definitely British. Very yeah. convincing American accent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I could imagine that you've gotta. You've probably gotta have that. Yeah. <laughs> British yeah. people do way better American accents. Right. Right. Than we do British. Yeah. Wow. So, so the film bug. So you got it in when you were go- you were going to school in Oregon, right in Portland. Mm-hmm. How has that maybe, so like, so, you know, we've got the video game influence, maybe we've got the Star Wars influence, kind of like a grander scale thing. Mm-hmm. What about just like in general, like your, your creative like perspective? Do you think that was kind of uh, guided by like living in a community like Portland where it's like, you know, maybe a bit more acceptable or maybe a bit more like artsy? Yeah. Like it's that, uh, did, did that vibe kind of like help Permeate. you along the way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not very, like... Sorry, just a sec. <laughs> you trying to get a burp out? Maybe. We've been guzzling. Subtly. We've been guzzling. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. Just let it rip right into the mic. You don't have to okay. hide it. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> this is Piers and Beers, after yeah. all. Yeah. Beers. <laughs> don't forget the beers part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I have a weird relationship with Portland. Um, people always... Like, I say that I'm from Portland, and they're like, oh, that makes sense, and I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, you freak. What did you just say to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know. Portland is so, like, it's so out there, which I've been told at times that I'm a super weird person. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense that you think I'm from there. Mm. Or, like, you, I don't know. You're weird. <laughs> I wouldn't consider you a person, though. Oh, yeah. yeah I also no. wouldn't consider it super it's just plain weird. <laughs> nah. My nah. conscience sometimes is just like, you're no, I'm just kidding. You're just like the sh- shell. A shell? <laughs> a shell of a. Sorry, a burp attacked me. The, the shell tanner? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, the, no, uh, yeah. Portland's a little quirky. Yeah. People associate the quirkiness with you a little yeah. bit. Sure. I think like the, the quirkiness of Portland rubbed off on me. I don't think I'm at all, like, the stereotype of Portland. What like, would you say is a stereotype? Because we've had uh, another co- Portlander yeah. Yeah. on the show, uh, Isabel Klein. She was on the show. Check yeah. out the episode. Check <laughs> it out. Link in her bio. <laughs> Link I in mean, some it's, bio. It's just, like, the aggressively, like, aggressively... Avant-garde. Just, like... Yeah, out, like, you like want to throw inten- it in your in- face. Intentionally unique. Hmm. Yeah. 
but it's it's like so aggressively unique and aggressively. It comes off as a little bit political. fake. Oh, okay. So it's so a very progressive strand uh, in Portland. Yeah, which like I just I don't care about that. So you're whole not political realm of. You're things. not part of Antifa, bro. <laughs> nah. Wow. Nah, so you're I'm, wait. So if you're not for Antifa, that means you're for fascism. Mm, That's pretty whack. But dude. am I though? <laughs> you just said you were. <laughs> Dude. You aren't anti-fascist. <laughs> I mean, I I just don't want people running through the streets hammering my car window with a baseball bat. That that I is just want to sit I on suppose. a podcast and drink Miller High Life. And that's what we, that's that's how we do it here. That's <laughs> Almost like what here. we're doing right here. Yeah, 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 that's how we do it. In, uh... The spirit of the 90s is alive in Portland. Did you watch <laughs> Portlandia as a, as a Portland guy? Um, I've seen like four or five episodes. Okay. okay. Um, I th- I personally think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's pretty just great. Like, yeah. I loved it. I loved it gives it. me this weird feeling of like, Nostalgia I kind of miss home, mm. but do I really though? I think yeah, that's probably what they're going for. It's like, yeah, yeah. Portland rules-ish. Um, <laughs> Portland rules in a really weird, like, yeah, like stupid uh, way. <laughs> like uh, if you've never been to Portland, you love it mm. sort of way. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's the interesting thing is I've never been to Portland, but I feel like I would love it. Yeah. But I don't know. But then you go there and you're like, uh, (laughs) like, (laughs) uh, what's going on here? What's the the university they have there? Like the very progressive university. It's on the tip of my tongue. Portland University? No. Is it Portland State? University of Portland Portland State. Portland State? It starts with with a... It's a real thing, PSU. (laughs) Oh, my God. It starts with a W. There is a Portland University. Actually, um... Speaking of the Broncos, Julius Thomas. I think he went to Portland State. Oh, Julius, no, Julius Thomas. Thomas. Former yeah. uh, Redskin. Um, Chicago Bear. I'm was he? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Um, Lewis and Clark College. No, uh, I'm thinking of Reed. Reed I'm thinking of Reed College. Okay. Yeah, very liberal. Yeah. I don't know there. anyone who went to Reed. I do know people who went to Lewis and Clark. It's it's a good liberal arts school from what I hear. Emphasis mm. on liberal. And arts. Speaking <laughs> of liberal arts, so you when you came to school you said that was when you kind of like were kind of gung ho about doing the film thing. Yeah, what was um, the what was the inciting incident? Yeah. yeah. You will. <laughs> nice. Um <laughs> inciting incident was my friend. I like. <laughs> you like her? No. Okay. Um, How do you know it's a her. I don't know. It was a dude. Don't assume. Did not like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, like freshman year, <laughs> I like I wandered into my friend's dorm suite and was just like goofing off. Um, I said something about <laughs> they were doing like a mammoth. Uh, like the mammoth ski resort, they were doing like a modeling shoot there. Oh, okay. Hmm. And they had already booked someone for it, but they had like mentioned booking someone on the group page for our dorm. Um, and I like kept joking about that and joking about getting into film with that. Uh huh. Um, and just like I think they offhandedly offered to invite me to a film set. Hmm. And your friends, your your freshman friends, yeah, huh? 
it wasn't it wasn't like a real film set at the time I thought it was because oh. it was like it was one of the bigger productions I worked on. Hmm. Um, I didn't end up doing it until sophomore year, hmm. but it was like a twenty person set. Okay, is, that's pretty legit. I it's mean, yeah, really big for like a yeah sophomore year film set. Yeah, yeah. But they had invited me to that, and the environment was just like so fast paced and. I wasn't doing anything. I was just like holding a boom. Mm. Um, that's, that's important. That's, that's super important. important. No, yeah, I mean, that it's is, super important, but it is like, that's doing something. Yeah. Like mm. it's, it has a re- way worse reput- reputation in filmmaking than it deserves. Mm. Yeah. No, it's like the boom guy. It's like whatever, but like, well, it's you like, need with, to like be getting it in there. If and you don't have, it's sore. It's uh, soaring on your muscles. You gotta be. You gotta be jacked for one. For two. Yeah. You could screw the whole thing. You could screw the whole Dude, film if you if it, your boom operator is a doofus. Yeah. It's like you know? Hey, it sound good. Ah, oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. It sounds fine. good. Sounds good to fine. me. Yeah, yeah. It sounds loud and clear. <laughs> um, and then it's like fucking all crackly and spacey. Yeah. And no, it's sound is the it's arguably it's, more yeah. important than the visual visuals. Arguably. Mm-hmm. Definitely It'll take you out in a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, That's why we strive hard well, in yeah. our backyard here in Calabasas. <laughs> if an, if anyone again. has any gripes yeah. with our sound here, you then can fuck off. No, no, donate money to us so we can True. get better yeah. equipment. If, yeah. if you really like this content that much Which and you the do. sound is mm-hmm. bumping you. Which just, it's not. <laughs> but if it is. But if it is or if it isn't. Just mm-hmm. give us money. <laughs> link, link in the bio. <laughs> Miller High Life. All these beers. Come on. Dude, yeah. But it's not our podcast. It's Jake's podcast. Anyway. Eh, and Jake. Jake. <laughs> um, so then was that... So you kind of fell so, in love with like the, uh, the set atmosphere? Is that yeah. what I'm interpreting? Yeah. So, I mean, that was like the moment I was like, I want to switch my major to film and I'm going to do this forever. Um, I did have, like, during orientation week at Pepperdine, they had a film event in one of the buildings, and I went to that, and I was like, oh, this is all cool. I guess. I don't really know what's happening. (laughs) I don't know why I'm here. And then I ignored it until the end of that freshman year when the person invited me to set. Um, But, yeah, I was just like, I love how intense everyone is on set yeah yeah there's there's a severity that that uh comes along with that territory yeah it's just like if something takes an extra five minutes that's the five minutes of 20 people and like people do rush more than they should especially in film school like just where everybody is so stressed to get either out of there or through things. Um, But I just, I enjoy people like, it's just about like getting a group of 20 people together who all care about what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's about it. Yeah. Well, because everybody has to be all in or else Mm -hmm. like, even if, if you have 10 people there and eight people are all in and two are like trying to leave or something like that can tear down the whole thing. Yeah. And it'll reflect in the, in the final product, you know, you can, Mm -hmm. you can tell if everybody's invested in kind of giving their all, you know? Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Even like the boom guy that I 
accidentally trash talked a little bit earlier. <laughs> like, if they don't care, they're right. going to be five feet further away from the production than they're supposed to be. Yeah, it's going to detract from the whole thing. Yeah. Everybody's just a piece of the puzzle, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's like, like, like the biggest struggle in film school is getting a group of that many people together who all actually care about it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Film school is weird because so many people <laughs> don't want to work and they don't want to, like, give their all to a set. Do you, um, do, you, do you see a lot of uh, posers, would you say? Like, people who like the idea of being someone who's into film, but not necessarily everything that comes along with that? Yeah, like, like film is a thing that you have to give your life to. Yeah. Like, it's going to take away a, at least a little bit from your family and your friends and everything because you're going to be working, like... Like, I worked between two sets 28 hours straight one time yeah oh yeah. I, I remember I, that I don't, yeah. was, yeah. w- was that uh, with our project together yeah that was the second half of it was with our project and uh, <laughs> I, I must say I was I was very impressed with how you were able to keep it together honestly yeah. I, I was on set that day <laughs> and you were like I just came from another set. Yeah, and yet you were yeah you were on it. No, you were yeah, on it. well the okay. bags were under the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, well, I saw it, but you were still uh yeah. Well, that's that's commitment. That right was, there. Yeah, that's the the embodiment of commitment. It's like so the morning before that, I ran into Stephen. Stephen, one of the better directors I've worked with. Oh, because like I, ran in, <laughs> I appreciate you. I ran into him. We didn't pay him to say that. Like mulling over a script on campus at Pepperdine the morning we were supposed to film something and it was like I was getting off a 14 hour shoot on a web series he was just like trying to get his head together for a shoot that morning that like next day but it was it was, like, it was the mo- it was like it was like 6 a.m. in the yeah. morning prior to shooting and I, it was, yeah it was like yeah yeah 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. for like a 9 a.m. call time something like that yeah but it was just like I don't know where I was going with that. Um, you know, just like you have to care about it and right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put in the time and yeah. and uh and be prepared, which is really important. Mm-hmm. And you get that sense. I mean we've you know, we've worked with Jake on Stephen and I on a number of different things and and if we can say one thing, it's you know, you show up and you get the job done. You don't you don't show up there lollygagging and screwing around, you know. Yeah. You you get there and you know what you gotta do and you make sure you, you know. Give mm-hmm. it your hundred percent and as best as you can do, and that's what everybody's got to do on a set. Yeah, I mean <laughs> to bring it full circle, it's like if you're not doing that, like, what are you doing here? You're, you're know? not yeah. doing that. Like, just don't be here Please. then. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So seriously though. Like, yeah. um, we were shooting like right here. I don't know if you remember, and uh, I remember. Oh, you you remember? <laughs> you remember? You remember? I remember. <laughs> but there was um, there was one individual who was um he was an extra and he was a little bit overserved um <laughs> from the St. Patrick's Day uh events prior <laughs> and he was um you know like it's you know it's nice of uh, the individual to come out and lend uh his presence to be an extra mm-hmm. thank you appreciate it that's all well and good but like if you're going to like uh not take direction seriously or, or like not um understand like the the severity of the set like mm-hmm. 
you're just like kind of fucking everything up. Yeah. yeah. I, I quote uh, Crystal Lee on his podcast. He'll go, gunk, like the door closing behind you. He'll just, <laughs> for that guy, like, gunk, like, see ya. Yeah. You know, no it, offense. Like, yeah, well, you know, I he mean, came and he did his job. This, That's fine. This, whatever. This guy wasn't a guy who like He's not a film guy. Is, is pursuing film. But it's like he knows me as like, you know, Steven. He's whatever. Joshma, salt of the earth. Very handsome, very sexy, but just a regular, just regular guy. He's not going to be too serious. But, you know, when you're in the role of director, like you kind of have to. Uh, bring a certain level of demand yeah. for the people professional around you. Right, you've got right. to direct. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got to direct. Also, like, it doesn't matter what your role is on a film set, but once you get there, you're not a regular guy. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're a guy that's willing to like work for twenty hours straight if that's what the job calls for. Right. You got it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like film people are freaking weird. <laughs> well, yeah, like <laughs> inherently, inherently, you got to be a little yeah. bit weird. Um, you got to have like that extra, um, well, sorry, extra panache. Not the right slang, and it wasn't meant to be slang in that. Um, but yeah, just like that extra layer to your personality to be willing to do all that stuff you've got to be like fuck everything else while i'm here like this is mm. what i'm here for it's all i'm here for this yeah, is what i'm well, doing now and, and i think you know there's crossover with like a lot of different lines of work where you know it's it's a, a very limited window of time mm -hmm. and in that window of time you have to be 100 percent committed but you know not everyone um not everyone is uh, on that wavelength, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know if in college you can expect everyone to be, especially if they're not, like, film people. Yeah, yeah. But, like... There's a lot going on, but yeah. at the same time... If you major in film, like, you gotta yeah. give it your everything. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. And so, all right, so you've done... What would you, if you had to give yourself like a title or something, I know you've done a lot of camera work, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, but obviously you've, you know, you're, you're well versed in editing and stuff like that too. Like if you had to yeah. like commit to any one thing, would it be like camera work? I mean, obviously like directing and stuff, but you can do both. Cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cinematography. Yeah. Is um, that, is that where you would like, is that what you would want to do ideally? Like what is, yeah. what is like your, what would you say your strong suit is? Um, I want to say I'm better at cinematography than other parts of film, uh -huh. but like, it is a lot harder to be good at cinematography professionally. Sure, and like get paid for that. Sure, getting paid for that is the most hard part. <laughs> of any, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not like with cinematography, there's not an option besides freelance, really, unless you really look out mm. and like get hired on by some really big company. Um, right, and it's like you're our guy. Yeah. yeah, but definitely more cinematography than anything. I love editing and coloring, more so coloring, because mm -hmm. that's like, coloring is the other half of cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have a crappy colorist, your camera work is going to look like... <laughs> yeah, not as, <laughs> not just, as good as it maybe is. Yeah. yeah. And then beyond that, too, it's like the, like, color can, can also, like, dictate the vibe and, like, the, the tone, the, you know, mm -hmm. so much... Um, yeah. Which goes in hand with, you know, I mean, again, everything's a piece of a puzzle. And if the, if the color's not right, then, you know, 
you're it's a sinking ship, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, and like the coloring ends up being what most people think of between good and bad cinematography. Mm. Um, like you can once you get into like the feature level of like sixteen bit re cameras and stuff. Yeah, it's all gonna look. Other than framing, it's all going to look the same once it gets to the colorist. Yeah. And so, like, having a good colorist or doing it for yourself is so important mm. for the final product of a film. And mm-hmm. So as, a, as like, a camera guy, like, I know you had a lot of experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, so, like, you get direction, you get, like, say, a shot list. Like, how, I've only... I mean, I've been behind the camera a handful of times, usually mm-hmm. when, like, it's just something of my own where I'm like, all right, like, I'm just going to kind of do this, you know, sometimes you got to wear a few different hats, right? Yeah. But, like, coming into a project where you're kind of either given a shot list or, like, given direction and you got to get, you know, what you're basically asked to to get, like, what is, like, h- how do you adapt to that, like, as a, as a, a DP or something? Um, mm-hmm. And, like, what's that process like of, like, interpreting that and then making sure you get, like, what is... I guess, for lack of a better word, like expected of you. Like, how, like mm-hmm. what, what is what does that process look like as a as a DP? So most of that goes through in pre-production. I want to say, like, of course, yeah, yeah. You gotta like talk over a shot list with your director, or at the very least, like <laughs> Stephen pointed at me when I said that. Yeah. Um, like he gave me a ton of visual guides when we worked on Unknown Color together, and that's really what you need is like. To be a cinematographer, you have to, I don't want to say, like, be emotionally smart, because I don't think I could claim that title for myself. Emotionally intelligent, maybe. Emotionally in touch. Yes. (laughs) With, like... Just the tone of the story. Yeah. Yeah, Like, a story is, everybody talks about it being the most important thing in film, but, like, you have to just... You have to understand where the story's at, where the character's at, and see reference of, like, where you're supposed to put that character Mm -hmm. in frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, And just, like, try and get... I mean, you don't use inset color nearly as much as you... It looks like you do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, like, um, just trying to get that framing to fit where the character's headspace is at. Um, that's super important. And it like you work so closely with the director and it's really about whether or not you understand where they're coming from with the story. Yeah. Like again, Steven, I feel like with unknown caller, we both knew where the character was in the story. And like of all the scripts that were submitted for that class, I, I thought that was like the most easy to picture because hmm. of the emotion that was written into it. Yeah, yeah, which is important too. Yeah, oh, and so I sad. guess like I guess like showing up like on set though, like how, like, obviously you have the li- the shot list for the day, and you you know presumably if you put in the mm-hmm. time in pre production, then you you know you'll, you'll understand. But like, like what is like. For for those who are a bit less like well versed in like how a set works, like how how would you describe like like beyond preparation? Like once you show up, like what is what is like the DP gotta like like 
what's going through like their head and like what like how, how do you plan your course of action like for a shoot um i think it's really just like thinking three-dimensionally hmm. um because like once you know what emotion you're going for it's just about like picturing like a top-down view of the location in your head yeah and then seeing like how will where can I best put this light? Yeah. Or ask somebody for help putting this light. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Of course. Because, um, like, also as a DP, you need a dozen more hands than you have. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. But it's just like trying to picture things in a 3D way, <laughs> and then seeing that as the most effective emotionally, mm-hmm. and like. I always try and, like, Microsoft paint a top-down view of the set Mm. and, like, move things around to see where I can put those to make them look as clear as possible on the actor as I want. Yeah, Um, that's important. Yeah. And it's just, like, you got to pretend a light isn't actually the thing that you're choosing where to put on set. It's the like triangle of light that you're going to be moving around wherever it's going. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, you did a fantastic job of that. And and my one experience I had working with you on unknown caller for me, like my first time directing, it was was a very foreign experience to me. Um, and I like, I didn't know, like I had like the, I guess, like, abstract idea of how I wanted it to look. Mm -hmm. But as far as, like, executing that, I was a little bit lost. And that's why, like, the relationship between a uh, cinematographer and a director is so important. It's because, like, Mm -hmm. you're you're meeting, like, the director halfway and, uh, you know, helping to put that idea to an actual, like, visual medium, which Mm -hmm. is... You did a great job at it. Fantastic. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, just... Steven did a fantastic job as a director, Um, especially just with, like, being able to give input whenever I was like, I don't know what to do for this shot to make it fit the story better. And also, like, as a director, you have this weird medium of, like, being hands-off, but also having your hand in everything. Yeah. Where you got to, like, give people the freedom to do what they would do best. Right, right. right. You, you, you got to... You can't be, like, domineering, where it's, like, you're trying to, like, force... I guess, like... I mean, like you... macro-managing. You, yeah, you, you, you have yeah. to, like... Yeah. You have to... I guess, like, uh, verbalize the vision, mm-hmm. but only to the point where you're you're putting it into the person who has the expertise's ballpark. It's like, this is it. Now take it yeah. And, yeah. and make it your own. And whether you're communicating with the cinematographer or you're talking to the actors, mm-hmm. you, you can't be so, like... Uh, Aggressive? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I guess. I, yeah, that that's a that's a good term. You, well, you've you, got it's got to be effective rather than aggressive. Like right. it, you've got to be able to 
be succinct, especially on a set. Like you've got to be able to communicate an idea quickly and in a way that is like easily digestible so that people can adapt like in the moment. Because so many different things are changing. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of like obstacles you'll face that you can't expect. And, um, you know, one of our one of our wonderful professors put it in such a way that like um, shout outs, Jacob Michael. It's like the majority of filmmaking, like what you're doing is solving problems. Like it's not, you know, that's yeah. a, at least when you're on set. So I guess it, that's another reason why it's so important to have people around that are like just fully committed and willing to adapt and, um, you know, not only take direction, but like understand like at least where the direction's coming from and, like, what that's leading to. Yeah. Um, and I guess that helps, like, everybody on set, but um, in terms of people who are more kind of directly affecting, like, the look or something, um, just being on that same page is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've done a lot of film work, as like, uh, obviously throughout, you know, something that's a bit more um, traditional or, like, a, a narrative-based thing. Yeah. But I know that a, a, a huge interest of yours is, like, music videos and stuff like that. So where yeah. did like that when when did that start or like what what was the kind of what was put into your head at, at any point that like okay like music videos are something that I would really like to do and what about them um was like a most appealing at first that like made mm-hmm. you want to kind of get into that Um So I got really into music videos with The Odyssey by Florence and the Machine. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with Odyssey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are they? <laughs> yeah. How do you spell their name anyway? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh like I mean going back to what I going back to 30 seconds ago when I was talking about <laughs> Oh what? Dude, <laughs> I can't remember that far back. Projects and emotions and film. Yeah. Um like music videos are just they're just short films that are like expressionistic instead of narrative. Um, sure. They can be at least. Yeah. At yeah, the very yeah. least, it's like it, it all has to embody like one unified like uh, Feel, theme or, or yeah. Tone. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think it was just about like, like I watched a bunch of Florence and the Machine stuff. When was um, this like in your, in your, uh, film career or like or even just your life like when what what when mm. was is that maybe the, the first few videos that like resonated with you was that project um it was between junior and senior year uh-huh. of pepperdine um <laughs> there we go yeah get, a get it right yeah. in the mind <laughs> we haven't had a we haven't had a vomit on set if you if you want to take that on or the floor is yours. We have plenty of bushes now. Okay, but I don't know this. We're also drinking Mike's hard lemonade. That wasn't harder, harder. Yeah, harder lemonade. Shout out. That wasn't referenced in the intro, but no, it does. Yes, uh, do Jake. Uh, <laughs> Jake was so gracious to uh, bless us with Mike's harder lemonade before the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike's harder lemonade. Check it out at your local grocer. You may have heard of it. Probably at a gas station. (laughs) Probably definitely at a gas station. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, But, like, just going into, well, so I spent sophomore year just helping out anyone I could on any film set. As Um, you should. Yeah, of course. I worked with, actually, the first time I touched a camera was on Malibu Tonight with Paul DeRico. Yo, Um, who's that? That's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, that was, like, a late night. 
sketch comedy show. Yeah, studio, like multi-cam studio mm-hmm. sketch show. Yeah. But it was, I don't know, Paul, would you say that's like about as far away from a music video as you can get other than like a documentary? Or um, it's, It was, the, the format was <laughs> farther away just in that it's kind of one go. It's like a take. It's like you get, you know, we would just roll. Sometimes we'd be live. So early on we would be broadcasting on the Malibu like local channel, which was like, that's really just one shot to kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Um, once we started editing a bit more um, and, we, and we didn't go live. Um, there we go. I wish I wasn't talking <laughs> through most of that. That was a righteous burp. Um, but, yeah, so, so that, that, that kind of sketch format or, like, at the very least, like, one-run format mm-hmm. is quite different because it's more of just, like, setting up a shot, make sure it's right, and then lock it, and then the actors kind of do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but whereas with the music video, yeah, there's, it's a lot more... You get a lot of different looks. You need a lot of different looks. Um, yeah. It's not so much, it's not as concrete in terms of like setups and stuff like that because mm-hmm. you can, it's a bit more fluid because you got to kind of, I mean, obviously it's got to be well planned, but at the same time, the things you're planning for are sometimes more abstract or like, um, look driven or like, like, and by look, not only like in the camera, but like, um, like the the design, design. or the, yeah, yeah, like the set design, or even just the actors, like mm-hmm. you know, they've got a. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it's you've got one shot to do it in a moment, as opposed to like over the whole, uh, like finished product, like you know what yeah. I mean. Um, but so that was when you you were touching a camera, mm-hmm. and so. Um, from there, like like, how do you? like use those experiences to kind of mm-hmm. like inform like uh, projects that you work on in the future. Cause everything's kind of compounding. We're always learning and like taking, you know, yeah. um, something away from any set that we're on and applying mm-hmm. that to the next thing. So like, how did you kind of use the experiences you had there at, at Malibu tonight and in a studio to kind of translate into like your other like video, like music video work? Yeah. Um, I think Ma- Malibu tonight was more about like, like, a show like that is so much about the writing and the acting yeah. more than it is like, like we green screened 50% of that. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like my entire job was get them scri- framed in a way that isn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> got to like, get the screen in it. You got to get them framed right. Yeah. 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 Like teaching myself how to do that, which it was super nice as the introduction to cinematography mm-hmm. um just because it was like that what framing them well was my job mm-hmm. and i didn't have to think about like the emotions behind a scene where people talk about pumpkin rocket ships wink yeah. wink yeah yeah um they looked like penises okay yeah. that was the <laughs> part of the joke that wasn't the joke but that wasn't the whole joke at all <laughs> at dean stonewall that wasn't the joke okay yeah. <laughs> just so you know but uh i told her in person that wasn't the joke like getting a start and making things just look good was really important for building off of that into making things have an emotional weight behind how they look. Yeah. Yeah. And like I did that for a lot of my junior year at Pepperdine and then senior year over the summer, I watched the Odyssey by Florence and the Machine and I dove really far into (laughs) a bunch of, 
her music videos just because like if you want to talk about being an quote unquote artist <laughs> that clip so hard that clip so hard um Bless but yeah like ears, a, listeners like a, a stereotypical through and through artist yeah. like Florence Welch is that mm. um I dove into her stuff a lot just to like Get in touch with me feelings. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, absolutely. You yeah, know, I feel like everyone that's like um, involved in the scene, or or the, the people who are like pursuant of whatever avenue in film or mm-hmm. just like the visual arts, there's always uh, a reluctancy to use the term art, <laughs> artists. Because yeah. it there it, you know it it comes along with a certain level of uh, pretense you know yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't want to pretentiousness right <laughs> right you don't you don't want to come off like you know you have this like higher you know understanding <laughs> of the artistic scene but yeah well I feel like it's more of like this is what I want people to take away from it right and so like right. you have to understand what you want the finished thing to be in order to, like, inform the small decisions that you make, yeah, you know? So, like, it's got to be there at, at some level. Otherwise, it's like, what the fuck are we making? Right, mm-hmm. you know? right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you don't want to, like... Like, so much of art is... God, sorry. Every time I talk about... Exactly what Stephen was saying. I can't talk about art without sounding like a pretentious asshole. Yeah. Well, no, or like, or like, pretentious douche. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. term. It's um, so it's so easy to mm. I don't know that that's like the inherent struggle with uh pursuing something like art. It's like it's it's like fight club, you know? Yeah. Number one rule of fight club, you don't talk about fight club. And yeah. as an artist, you want to like beat around the bush without mm talking directly about the bush yeah you but know? this is if a podcast we want to hear hear all about the bush, bush. If yeah how's your bush doing bro? Uh, <laughs> talk to us about your bush Jake. No. <laughs> here's and bears where we talk about bush, bush. actually but no uh, one's chosen bush yet oh i have no no bush that's gonna be we've got to that's a make big an executive decision is it yeah, yeah. 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 oh yeah mm. based on my Limited experience in the fraternity environment <laughs> mm. of the University of Washington. Mm. Yeah, but uh, if Florence Welch were to go on like Instagram Live, yeah, and be like, "This is all I think about with this song," and just <laughs> worship me and how deep I am. Well, because yeah. it's not about that, art. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that would immediately be it would dissolve it it would like yeah fuck up the art mm. like people would immediately turn away from that because you know art is all in the eye of whoever's listening to it and right like, beholder yeah yeah um right and i think so you don't want to be like you never want to tell people what the meaning is right right, right. right. yeah yeah childish gambino uh when um this is america came out that music video that he mm-hmm. made, everyone, you know, was projecting their meaning into it. And, you yeah. know, it's 
pretty like clear cut like there's like definitely a message being sent and everyone yeah. wanted his take on it and he was like no i'm not going <laughs> to i'm not going to tell you like as an artist like you shouldn't have to uh qualify or explain what the meaning behind your shite is well it's not so much <laughs> that you shouldn't have to so as much as it is like when you put anything out there it's like all you can do is is prepare for it the best you can, make the best product you can. Then it's not like yours anymore. I know a yeah. lot of artists will say that too. It's like if you give it away, right, right. <laughs> so like, to to ask for any one meaning is like pretty fucking stupid. It's like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's irrelevant because whatever you want to make of it, you're going to anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So I, it's like I hadn't heard Childish Gambino's take on that, but I admire that a lot just because it's like. Like, that music video is very on the nose. I don't think you can deny that. Yeah. Right. But it is, like, like props to him for taking a step back from it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, being in the position where it's, like, I'm going to champion, like, this exact issue. It's not, I'm going to make this thing, and it's going to say whatever it's going to say, and then the people can interpret it however they want to. I'm not going to be, like, uh, you know, soapboxing. Mm. On top of my art, well, because I think the, that's the, like, the art has already like spoken for itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also there's no, I, th- I mean, there's no one issue that it was. If it was setting out to be really like direct and like pointed at any one thing, then it would have been way more obvious. There wouldn't even be a question of like, oh, what was the meaning? Mm-hmm. The yeah. reason that there's a question for what was the meaning, I feel like, is because it can apply to like so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so why pigeonhole it right. if you don't have to? It's right. not. It's yeah. not the point. I feel like you just have to dance such a fine line. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I have any sort of voice in, like, the grand scheme of the industry. Who does? Nobody does. Yeah. 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 Except for Jake. Except for Jake Rawson. (laughs) Jake Rawson. Who's about to give the grand scope of the industry. No, 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 no. Yeah, I just think, like... Like, once you hit a certain level of fame, people are going to start... People are going to stop listening to what you have to say about issues. Mm. And it's like... And and just kind of, like, direct it towards what they want to think of you. Yeah. Yeah. That that is such a great point in regards to this, just because, like, people are going to interpret what you want to fit whatever... (laughs) They want. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, like... Like, just going to say, I would be just going to preface this with, I would love to be a celebrity. Sure. But as a celebrity, anyone is going to use you for what their agenda is. Yeah. Mm. And like, you're going to lose a little bit of your own voice once you become like a figurehead of anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. you would like to become a celebrity. Is it, you just announced that to the masses all 40 billion mm. of the yeah uh, so then there's beers. a little bit of regret in that statement sure but we're <laughs> but. gonna run with it anyway yeah. and ask you this uh if you could be like remembered for one thing like what would you want that to be so oh god <laughs> not to bring this full circle but let's it's already been asked yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> to take it all the way back to star wars oh i would ideally like to be remembered 
for writing a Star Wars trilogy. Um, just because somewhere along, I started like putting together one of my own things of that. But I would like to be remembered for like the. <laughs> so you know Ryan Johnson with yeah, the newest of ones, yeah. like. I don't want to get into any of the drama of that, but like, like he was the first person who tried to like do an art film with Star Wars. Yeah, and I would be like to, I would like to be remembered for the first like, the first set of Star Wars films that, instead of being important to the history of film, it's remembered for, the, like the depth to the story and emotional mm. weight behind the characters. Mm. I like that. I like but that. But at the same time, I am not qualified to be famous. <laughs> not, <laughs> yet. not yet. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. After this episode is published, then, I don't, then it's all going to blow up. Know. It's all going to change. <laughs> Every, uh, just, uh, you know, <laughs> be fond of these moments right here before you were a, a star studded. Yeah, sexy <laughs> Star celebrity. Wars stuff. Star. <laughs> yeah, but before war. you were in the war. Yeah, before <laughs> you fought the Great War. Before you were in the wars with the stars. Yeah, you were just a, a humble. Before I was at odds with the galaxy. <laughs> yes. So then, on that note, you would be, uh, if you had like an ideal goal, it would be film oriented versus music video oriented. Yeah, I mean like. So, okay, I want to, and this isn't like, <laughs> I'm going to preference this with like, not in a douchey way at all. Of course. Like, I was literally just getting her coffee. Okay. But I did work with, um, Hannah Lux Davis, who does like Ariana Grande's music videos. Oh, wow. And, and that was at London Alley. Yeah. 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 Um, I worked with their. By the grace of one of my roommates who's not on this podcast yet. Um, Who is the roommate? So we can have him on the podcast. Yeah, Russell Wajaya. I've heard of this, man. So how yeah. did y'all, how did y'all get into that? How, yeah, like, how did how, that come about? Let's, like, let's hear about the literally like Alley experience. <laughs> literally, how did it happen? Because um, you guys were working on some major stuff. They did the uh, Ariana Grande, Thank You, mm, Next video. Yeah, they did that the other, a month before I started. Uh, okay, word. But I'm sure some other videos by Ariana Grande that yeah. I'm not fully um, in tune with. So break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored. I did like get a taste <laughs> a little, <laughs> the tiniest taste of the post-production experience with that. That's cool. Um, but then like, while Russell and I were working there, I think they did like a couple of AGR and AJR, <laughs> not AGR. <laughs> um, they did, like, their music videos, Halsey, um, I want to say Jennifer Lopez. So, like, how, but, how did you get involved? Yeah. Like, what was the okay. process like? Like, how did you get that gig? Literally, <laughs> I was in Pepperdine's library. Russell texted me, hey, apply to this. They want more interns. And he had just gotten off the phone with them. Wow. And he knew... Like, I had done a bunch of spec music videos in a cinematography class. He knew I loved music videos. Yeah. And he just, like, sent me an email address who I was supposed to message. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. 
I'll send my resume to this person. Yeah. And within 45 minutes of that interaction, I was interviewing with them. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm a film student. I love music videos. I've seen a handful of the ones you guys have done. I'm more into indie things, but like, oh God, that sounds... No, 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 <laughs> that's fair, that's fair, no. that's fair, that's totally fair. But yeah, like, I was into smaller stuff than what they did, because it's like, like DJ Khaled, Ed Sheeran, that sort of like... It's very commercial, it's yeah. very commercial. It's big time. Yeah, and big also, time. Big speaking money, of least. commercial, they do do a lot of commercials. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, I would love to get a taste of the professional environment, and like, yeah. Hannah is one of the best directors in the world. Without a doubt, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, like, talked to one of the EP's assistants about interning for them, and they invited me to do that, and so I got coffee for (laughs) a important person yeah which is dope which is dope yeah Yeah, did you ever lay (laughs) eyes on ariana grande and if you did (laughs) could you sense anything in her eyes that was attracted to me personally (laughs) because (laughs) i feel like we would really hit it off no so i only did post for her stuff i was never on set and around her um like (laughs) the connection i have to her is I mean, doing post for that music video is a very loose term because I wasn't even, like, credited or anything. I was just, like, sitting in the post office and asking not, questions. Not, and not like, the post office. <laughs> yeah. The post office, Because right? the post office. The post production office. The post yeah. production office. Because the post office, that is run by the United States. Government. Oh, no. Mail. Sp- yeah. <laughs> Service. Yeah. Screw. <laughs> Screw U.S. mail. <laughs> hey, my but. mom works in the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> Fuck you. This podcast is over. You I, fat fuck. My hey, best friend's dad works for... My uh, best friend's dad... I'll uh, it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> best friend's dad works for DHL, mm. which is like UPS's Cousin. rivalry. Yeah, yeah. So UPS's bitch. Screw UPS's UPS. Yeah, yeah. But yes. Okay, no, so I can get behind the screw UPS. Yeah. <laughs> screw FedEx. Yeah. Screw UPS. <laughs> screw Amazon. Mm-hmm. US Postal Service? No, Two thumbs up. <laughs> so like the closest I ever got to Ariana Grande was talking to somebody who had talked to her on the phone. Well, how did they smell? Like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had a bond with that guy because we both wear leather jackets to the office oh, every day. No. How did they smell through the phone? <laughs> I I will email him and ask him. <laughs> um, I'm being weird. But no. Dude, My brother fine. did the it's same thing where he dude. was like, she beautiful. <laughs> Can you hook me up with Ariana Grande? <laughs> I can't hook me up with Ariana Grande. (laughs) And believe me, that would be a priority over hooking my brother up with Ariana. For real, for real. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, like, I had worked with an actor who auditioned for one of the music videos I sat in on post for. Yeah. But, like, with Ariana, the closest I ever got was talking to her director about ice cream cake. (laughs) 
That's pretty baller. That's, That's pretty baller. She was like, I want none of this Carvel shit. Yeah. I got this boutique place in Beverly Hills. They make uh, gold leaf ice cream cake. Mm. This is how the conversation went. I'm, I'm projecting my... No. Uh, Fantasies. My, One of the most my dreams of my Paul's career was like gold walking leaf. into an EP's office and being like, hey... I have some cupcakes from you mm. for this place for a music video. Please don't fire me for interrupting your meeting. <laughs> Is <over> this good? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Beat no, it. Like, you're like, somebody told me to ask you. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been here myself. <laughs> when you're working as a PA, you're like so terrified of everything. Mm. But they were just like, oh my God, you're interrupting this meeting for cupcakes. You're the best yeah. <laughs> when you're expecting yeah, nice. to be the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to work. I want to eat talk cupcakes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, like most things in my quote unquote career so far, it was just like lucking out and being contacted by someone through someone else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, it's all about who you know, baby. Yeah, and which is why I feel blessed to live with Stephen and Paul. Oh, who, who, who the fuck do we know? We don't oh. know anyone. No, but like you, you know t- yourselves, and wow, that's that is perhaps the the <coughs> nicest compliment that I've ever received. Because I would like to believe that you're gonna go far, kid. Oh, do you you hear that song by the Offspring? No, you're gonna go far, kid. We'll put Maybe. the link in the bio. Okay. But yeah, no. This this industry is really uh, predicated on like how you can pivot off of connections you've made. Yeah. There's, there's no like. Uh, I mean, of course, like merit matters to like mm-hmm. some extent. But when you're at like the ground level, it's all about you know working a connection and uh, yeah. finessing it to mm-hmm. like give you the next opportunity yeah you gotta know the right people and then be the right person <laughs> yeah yeah of course like, well it's all about being prepared for the opportunities right that, yeah. that are presented it's like obviously you got to seek them out but then once you get them it's like you've got to show up and be able to i don't know execute to your best ability you know yeah for real yeah well no it's like you know you want to be the CEO of whatever project you're given or like mm-hmm. whatever task you're given and if you can take that task and pull down its pants and then kick its ass yeah mm-hmm. that's that's how you prove yourself as someone who can yeah kick said ass <laughs> I mean like on the analogy of CEOs I don't know if any CEO is actually qualified to make what they make right but like, you gotta just—they still make it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and you gotta grab any opportunity you can mm. to do that well. And like, I don't know. So much of filming is just—it's like being about on fire for what you're doing. Mm. And as the great 
not late, Katy Perry said. <laughs> you just got to own the night. She's actually late to this and podcast. Let, she was supposed she, to be on, but Jake oh. showed up first. Yeah. And <laughs> we had late. to we She's had to mad be late. late. Is, well, she, but, but, is she still on route? Because I don't know. I'd like to. You know how California throw traffic some words. is. But yeah. more, more than owning the night, you. Uh, what was the next line? You got to just let it shine yeah. like the 4th of July? Mm hmm. Because, baby, you're a firework. Um, no, those aren't the words. <laughs> Come on. Those are some of the words. Let I know they mentioned the 4th of July. <laughs> twerk. Oh, Come that on, let your twerking was colors not a word when that song came out. Colors burn. What are colors the burst. <laughs> Football <Yeah>. cream. <laughs> Fancy feast. Break me off a piece of that. Football cream. <laughs> I have no, Andy Bernard. I have no earthly idea what you're talking about. The Office. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, so Jake, Jake, here what's, you, here, here you are. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you're a young strapping man. I would assume. Sorry to project my assumptions on you. I assume I you're a man. Is that I true? Am. Yeah, yeah. You, you heard were, it here, folks. You heard <laughs> it here first. Jacob Rawson is a man. Jacob Rawson, man. <laughs> He's working on it. He's working on it. What, what is next for you? Uh, I know just from being um, your housemate that mm. you've accrued a gig. I don't know how much you can say about that. Yeah. Um. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to... Work as someone's assistant for a while. For uh, an assistant and for someone who has directed a movie that is in the cinemas. In the cinemas. <laughs> yeah, and gonna be like pretty damn big. Like, uh, this well, movie, yeah. I'm gonna see it in an hour. <laughs> I. The got Joker. Poker tonight. Oh, yeah, well, that gives it away. No, it Just doesn't. I didn't say shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Well, no one's going to listen to this shit. You might as well just okay. say it, right? Yeah. No. 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 Okay, cool. I just... I'll edit that Based out. I'll, I'll bleep it out. Based on people's responses, I think I've been a little bit too, like, reserved in talking about who it is. But, like, I just... I, It's a great opportunity to pick the brain slightly <laughs> of someone in the industry and like um I just want to like I mean I'm a cinematographer but I'm going to happily work in more like an administrative boring office job <laughs> role yeah. for a little bit um but it's for someone who like he produced one of the my top five movies, possibly top one movies. Wow. Um, and like, I just want to commit myself wholly to that and yeah, just like get as much out of that as I can. You want to absorb, like, you want to be a sponge for yeah. this experience. What is yeah. that movie? Like, what? What is that movie? Um, am I allowed to say after what? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, should I just list off my top five movies? Yeah, and then and then you could let the people decipher which yeah. one it might be. So number one is Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Really? Wow. Number two is 
Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> nice. What? Okay. Yeah, I'm cool. sorry. It's a Proceed, whatever. I know it's whack. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. Um, How is Empire and Strikes Back not there? But whatever, proceed, yeah, yeah. proceed. Um, number three would be Lost in Translation. The Bill Murray film. Yeah, with... Wow, Scarlet Scarjo. Scarjo. I've never seen that Hello. film. I I've never seen it either. I need to, to watch that bad boy. I love Bill Murray. He's a Chicago guy. Really? I love Yeah, yeah. Big Cubs fan. He was okay. shedding tears when the the Cubbies won the World Series in 2016. Yeah. I feel like he's one of the more authentic guys. In yeah, the yeah. That's yeah. what I love. Like, mm. like famous people that can keep a part of themselves through the whole. Uh, evolution of like yeah. becoming a fucking weirdo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, then probably number four is uh, Stars Born. Nice. Um, okay. Big fan of the Coops. Uh, <laughs> the Coops, Bradley yeah. Coops. <laughs> um, who directed that? Nah, never mind. Whatever. The Coops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, then Apocalypse Now. Mel Gibson? Wait. No. No. Oh, wait, oh sorry. I was <laughs> I was thinking of Apocalypto. No. no. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Yes, that is with Marlon Brando. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brando's incredible in that movie. Um, not a director. I don't know what Steven thinks about his acting ability, but I thought it was like... I, I have not seen Apocalypse Now. I've okay. seen Apocalypto, which yeah. they don't speak <laughs> English in that film. Oh. So huh. It's... Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but Brando's great in that movie. Um I haven't seen a lot of his older stuff than that, but I thought he was he really carried that movie with barely being on screen. <laughs> um then wait, what's that? That, that was, was number five, five right? But yeah. Let's hear the okay. six just for uh, insurance. Fuck. <laughs> Or not. Or not. <laughs> I was trying really hard to not swear on Spark. Hey, um, oh, it's, it's happened is, is, numerous is, is times. Is Mama going to be listening to this? Hopefully. Maybe. I don't I've know. Just, I've just come. Uh, I hope she listens to the first half where I praised her, but not this last bit. Where where, I, <laughs> where you, you're wasted out of your mind. <laughs> And that's quotes. peers and beers, folks. In quotes. Yeah. No, it's, it's a progression towards foolishness yeah and that's what we do here on peers and beers mm-hmm. well we um, act foolish well like, sorry oh <laughs> uh, sorry uh jake um how how can the people how can the people keep up with jake's career trajectory um, <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> yeah i want to say wait one to ten years Okay, but 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 <laughs> if, if, if they wanted to step. keep up like right now, <laughs> wait you, a day to fifteen years. Do you have like an Instagram? Do you have a Jakers Jaking? Is it still Jakers Jaking? Yeah, yeah. Um, at, I think my Snapchat is Jakers Jaking without an underscore. Okay, real gonna be real happy if anyone adds me off that. Um, it's gonna be a <laughs> flux of yeah. Snapchatters. We're talking. Tens to ones of people. (laughs) Tens to zeros of people. Yeah. Um, 
Instagram might have an underscore in Jaker's Jaking. I'll find out right now. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> funny story about both of those. In the early days of Instagram and Snapchat, I didn't think either would catch on, and so I let my friend name me for both of them. There uh, is an underscore, Jakers okay. underscore Jaking. Yeah. He's just a Jakers who's Jaking. You That's know? what he's doing. Oh, you're repping the Jaking Camp Nowhere. Up. Camp what? Nowhere. The uh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The latest post. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, that Fantastic. was... Uh, <laughs> there was an attempt to get a... Scoops Ahoy costume didn't go well. But you got the hat. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go to that. I didn't get to. I was pissed. Honestly, overrated, but oh, that, <laughs> oh, I, I bet I, I bet it was. I yeah, bet. it was like two hours to get regular ice cream. Oh <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. I would imagine. Nice. Yeah. But like Stranger Things is great. Yeah, it is. Stoked about season four. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Do you think Hopper's alive? Oh, 100%. Like, he had fucking better be. <laughs> okay, so... I'll put it that way. <laughs> Netflix wrote Hopper's character in because they thought they needed an adult character to carry the first season. And, like, I don't think there's any way they were like gone. Fuck Winona like, Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> we need an adult character. What? Is, is Winona Ryder not an adult character? Yeah. She was... She was like, uh, you know, giving she's up Mrs. awards. Byers, dude. She was giving awards. Yeah, come she on. She was in distress the whole time. It's pretty hard to act when like Oda's you care <laughs> that much. Holy she's yeah, having yeah. a panic attack through the first three seasons. Right. And then, like she's drunk at the Oscars, so you gotta get yeah, <laughs> drunk you or 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 manipulated by the Illuminati. Yeah. To be yeah. determined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if any Illuminati are listening to this. Probably not. They probably are because we're going to be I huge. I would love to join your organization just to get a head start in the industry, but, like, whatever. Yeah. If, if no. any Illuminati are I'll listening, add us all to your mm -hmm. club right now. Hey. Follow us on I'll the I'm speaking for Steven. <laughs> add us all. How, 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 how's about just... Let's just take one moment of silence and mm -hmm. viewers listen in. Listen in close. And look at that moon right now. Just yeah. give it, let's let's do ten seconds of silence and just appreciate the moon. Is that a small crescent moon going on right now? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we can't afford this much silence. They could see in their <laughs> imagination, in the mind's eye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're cruising at an altitude of uh, thirty-five thousand feet. And if you look at your right window, you'll see a beautiful crescent moon. Anyway. What is your character's name? Uh, <laughs> what is the name of the character? Miss Byers. Things. Joyce. 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 Yeah. Joyce Byers. What do, what do they say? Uh, what, what's the combo name? There's a name for like Hopper and Joyce. Hojo? Maybe Hojo? <laughs> I stand Hojo. <laughs> I stand Hojo. They yeah. came so close. They came so close. Honestly, ending the second season, I thought they were together. And then the third one started. And yeah. I was like, wait, 
Like, <laughs> yeah, that was like a wait whole a second. <laughs> at the, at the ending the second, she just lost fucking uh, Bob. He just yeah. croaked. Yeah, so no. she's gonna jump ship that fast. Was, like, oh, Bob's dead. Okay, his name is Bob, right? It was. Uh, yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Samwise Gamgee's character. It was Rudy's Seriously? character. Yeah, but like <laughs> Sean Astin. Yeah. What the hell Aston happened Martin. with Bob though? Because like he fucking got mauled. Yeah, but like. They set it up the whole season for him to be a Russian spy, and then they were like, oh, no, he's just a good guy, and now he's dead. He's yeah. the good guy that <laughs> bites the dust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate to cut this off, this, this Stranger Things talk. That's for our Stranger Things podcast. It's coming okay. soon. Yeah. Um, but, Jake, uh, it was it was such a, a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for making the 30-foot trek from... Yeah. From over there. <laughs> We're doing it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, man. But uh, so how we end the show is uh, we we have our guests pick a note and you just say thank you. And then we harmonize with that. So I want you to hold out the thank you. Okay. And then like thank you. <clears throat> And then Paul and we I give you a real note. will harmonize with that <laughs> shit. So just hold out the U, however, whatever note you whatever want. Whatever note. And we will harmonize with that because we are musicians. We are okay. the real magicians. Yeah. Deal. Motherfucker. Rapper okay. and a bassist. Right. That's right. Mm. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not bad. That yeah. one was the yeah. most interesting we've had. Yeah, it was a weird. <laughs> I apologize. It was some <laughs> prog rock shit. Yeah. It was prog rock. <laughs>